Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 41st episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. And this is the 17th episode as part of my partnership with The Availist, you know, an unbelievable website that spotlights all the amazing talent in the ad industry who are ready to get back to work. And for this episode, we have Brett Ridgway, who's most recently a creative director, art director at InOcean. Brett, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, Matt? I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for making time and, and hopping on. Not a problem. Maybe start off by telling everyone just how you're dealing with this pandemic, where you're quarantining, and how you've been keeping busy. How am I doing? Well, let's see. Since the whole COVID thing happened, uh, I was working recently up until June at InOcean, as you mentioned. I am now my wife's uh, lead assistant. She's still working. She's an executive producer at another town or agency here in town. Um, I brew a lot of beer and I've really been keeping busy with uh, just upkeep with the house. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. There's always something going on. So it's not like I'm sitting around waiting for headhunters to call. It's work in the morning, trying to network for a job and finish up some things around the house the rest of the day. Yeah, what kind of beer? That's well, right now on tap, I'm looking at it right now. There is a boysenberry blonde. There is a Citra IPA, and I just brewed last night another West Coast IPA called Not Corona. That's awesome. I gotta get I gotta get into that at some point. Big IPA fan, so gotta. It is. Out. It is such a relief from the world of advertising. I mean, I love coming up with ideas, but you know all as well as I do that. 80% of them never really come to fruition or become so watered down. So brewing is a process. It's kind of tedious and it's a lot of physical labor and a lot of cleaning, but at the end of the day, you've produced something and, you know, whether it's good or bad, it, it, it something has, has become, you know, real. So it's, it's really is a good thing to do to take your mind off of this yeah, crazy definitely. business. 20% success rate, you'd be pretty good in this industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, may, it depends on the year and depends on the client, I guess. Exactly. Maybe tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and your history in the industry. Well, we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, I graduated a long time ago from the University of Texas and immediately upon graduating, took a U-Haul to New York and started at a little company called Deutsch. Had about 25 to 30 employees when I first started there. It was on I believe 18th and Park Avenue South. And that's where I really fell in love with advertising. He had such a variety of clients and a variety of budgets, but it's kind of where I learned to get my chops on asking not only what the brief is, but what's the budget? Because you couldn't do these crazy Super Bowl ideas. They usually had like 30 to $50,000 back then. So you had to be really creative. You're all hands in. Sometimes you were videotaping, sometimes you were editing. So it really was just kind of diving in you know, head first and not knowing what was going to happen. But I learned quite a bit from that experience. From there, I went to Portland, worked at another little place called White and Kennedy. From there, I went to Amsterdam for a little bit, came back to Austin, did some time in San Francisco, and have been in Los Angeles since about 2001. How was that experience in, in Amsterdam like and for what agency was that for? That was for Wyden as well. It was a transfer. Um, it was great. It's not what you think it's going to be. <laughs> the uh, the thing is, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe. I'll be three hours from everything. I can take a train. They work so hard over there. But by the time you're done, you just, you, the Amsterdam that I saw was either the bike ride or the walk from my apartment to the, the building. I mean, it was fun. But um, there's a reason they love the expats over there because the Dutch 
stop at five. They are legally bound to like, you cannot make me work any longer past five. So they always had English and American idiots. They're like, yeah, I'll work till midnight, who cares? So it was fun, it was a great experience. I, I, would, I would totally do that again. Yeah, sound, sounds great. And I know a lot of the work I guess they do in Amsterdam is kind of the hub. So a lot of it ends up being English speaking versus, you know, Dutch or Flemish or, you know. It, uh, primarily everything comes out in English and you really run into translation problems when you go into Dutch because the words are so much longer and yeah. so much, it, it, you literally have to write 12 second scripts for 30 seconds or you know you, you have to kind of be very frugal with uh, your editing. Oh I'm sure. So and what kind of clients have you worked on you know from, from Wyden Deutsch wherever you have been? I have worked on almost everything. I've worked on cars, I've worked on Lexus, Infinity, most recently Genesis. Sports, I've worked on Nike, ESPN, I've worked on Coca-Cola, I've worked on credit cards, I've worked on airplanes, I've worked on Prudential Securities, I've worked for US News and World Report. There's just, I've worked on booze. It's one of these things I love about this business is if you're not learning something new every day, you're probably not participating hard enough. And I really like being engaged in things that I'm unfamiliar with. And I think that was one of the things about Wyden that I loved. They didn't want experts in sports. They wanted experts who enjoyed communications and who enjoyed the, the pleasure of sports, but they didn't want like another dictionary, a walking dictionary of like baseball stats. They wanted you to really kind of talk to the fans. So it was, it was a really great experience to go to a place where it's like, we don't want like sports advertising guys. We want people that just get it. Yeah. And that makes sense. And probably where, you know, why they're one of the best is just a smart way yeah. to think and, and kind of differentiate themselves and get smart thinking for whatever the briefs are. Is there a certain industry or, or product that you kind of do gravitate towards knowing you've done so many different? Well, it seems that Los Angeles at least is very car based and that's a blessing and a curse. I, I love cars and they generally have decent production budgets and, I've gone all over the world. I've been to Mount Everest. I've been to Australia or New Zealand. I've been, you know, all over the United States and Vancouver and uh, it's great, but I really, because of beer making, I'd really like to get more into the beverage category some more. But at this point, like I said, like I, I'll take anything and, and just dive in. And I love being on the ground floor. I love when somebody hasn't found their voice yet. I love kind of discovering what that brand is and, I've been pretty successful with a lot of launching of companies and starting with companies and it's a lot of growing pains and it's a lot of frustration, but you know, the rewards can be pretty great as well. Yeah. And I think there's a way now to combine those two. I think there's so many new product launches in the beverage space and, and could be a really cool opportunity. Well, it's not only that, I think what you've got now is you've got a hiatus on production. So there's a lot of experimenting going on with, either virtual filming or a lot of digital ideas and a lot of social ideas. And I think we've been saying this for years, but I think digital and social is just starting to find its voice. I think for so long, we kind of relegated it to what's behind the scenes or here's some extra content or here's a longer cut that we couldn't afford to run. And I just don't think people are really into that anymore. And I think, you know, there's a real opportunity and in, you're starting to find it with certain clients and certain clients are starting to, to find their feet on it. But, Again, it goes back to Deutsch. If I got 30 grand, what can I do? You know, and that's a pretty healthy social budget. I can do sock puppets and I'm sure it would be engaging. It just depends on what's right for the client. Yeah, and, and totally agree. I think in this corona world and probably post-corona you know, world, 
social will definitely be a focus for a lot more clients because yeah. hey, maybe it's cheaper, maybe it's not, but it's just a lot more simple. So, you know, put it's, out it, it, it can be a lot more direct. And I think that's another thing that I'm trying to, to get with the agencies on, you know, somebody comes to you with a social idea, the social world is a matter of minutes, if not hours, it's not days. You can't react to the Black Lives Matters movement months after it's happened. Like you have to be, you know, on hit the ground running or you're just gonna look like another opportunistic advertiser. And I think a lot of people are starting to react to that as well. Like I think with all the COVID, we're here with you and we're in it. And a lot of the Black Lives Matter things, messages that seemed a little insincere, I think that clients are starting to learn that you can't just jump on a medium just because it's immediate. You have to be all in or people will just smell that out. Yeah, I think while you can get so many new followers and fans, you could also get just as many people calling out the BS. And yeah, and not all PR is good PR, especially when it comes to uh, the social world. That's for sure. What would you say you're looking for in your next role? You know, again, I think it's, it, this, this job boils down to a couple things. Great ideas, great personalities, and, you know, a great environment. Now, we don't really have the environment anymore, but you have the virtual environment. And you have to like and respect the people that you work with, and you have to like and respect your clients. So I, I, what I'm looking for is someone who really wants to use advertising in a way that isn't just a blatant corporate message. I really want people to be entertained. It's been a long time since I've laughed at an ad. And I think that we all kind of miss that right now. And I've said this to a lot of people and I apologize to anyone who's watching this that's heard me say this because I say it ad nauseum, but I think it's a sad state when insurance companies are doing some of the funniest advertising right now. Like what happened to my beer companies? What happened to like even, you know, there's some engaging car spots starting to come back online, but I, I think that's what kind of happens with these corrections, whether it's 2008 or 2020, people kind of take stock. And I think people are like, all right, I'm tired of reading the news. I'm tired of being politicized. Let's just kind of laugh a little bit. Let's have a little bit of levity because right now the world's craving it. And certainly from my Netflix list, there's just not a lot of funny things out there anymore. And it, not everything that has to be funny, it's just in, entertaining and engaging, I guess. Yeah, I agree. A lot of brands are trying to shove the informative information yeah. on your throat versus, you know, make them laugh and be memorable. And that's stopgap and I get it. And it's one of the reasons I am where I am at. They just don't need ideas right now. They just need to kind of flood the marketplace with uh, retail messaging. So, you know, I think once we kind of get things back together and kind of get a hold on this, I mean, this is going to be the new normal, I think, for the next year. So I think once that we embrace that and once that production comes back to figure out how they're going to do this, I think we're all going to be a lot better off. Yeah, I, I for sure agree. What would you say are some of your best qualities? And you've touched on some of them already. <laughs> Besides my wife's assistant and um, being a brewer, <laughs> I am someone who will give you on every assignment until you tell me no, a wide variety and a wide range. I will never give you the same old thing. I will try to fight you on giving you the expected. If the expected is what you need, then absolutely, let's not waste anybody's time. But if you give me a brief, I will take that brief and I'll go as far as you are comfortable with it. And that doesn't mean that is not safe and good for the client. I just want to do things that are unexpected. I want people to think, oh, I haven't thought about that before. Like I, uh, I always want to kind of just bring something to the table that's like, that's, I, I haven't thought about that. That's a great idea. I, I really want 
my clients to, to know that I'm not just going to phone it in unless you want me to. And if you want me to, I'm still going to fight you on it. Right. And yeah, every once in a while, you know, you get briefed and they set the standards of, you know, this isn't the one to, to shoot right. cars, but I think it's a good attitude to push it because it's always easier to reel it back in, but it's not yeah. easy to do the opposite and, and get weird with things. Yeah. Those are the words you hate. Like we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's what they're paying us for. And <laughs> exactly. if we keep forgetting that, then agency B down the street can do this exact same brief and cheaper and agency C can do it in house even cheaper. So I think we all need to kind of challenge what the status quo is of what a client expects. Like if you need a down and dirty retail spot, let me at least give you something that's a little bit more interesting. Let me at least give you an editorial technique that isn't your usual yelling, screaming um, announcer and big splashy graphics. Like let, let's, let's bring a taste level and let's do something that another place can't do. Yeah, I think that's, that's really smart and it's something that's ownable. And I think hopefully more brands are going to be going down that road now that they have to differentiate. There's so many yeah. saturated markets you need, you need stuff that'll stand out. Yeah, and that's very key because, again, I think once we've got the level set of whatever happens at the end of this or however long this is going to happen, to your point, people are going to have to stand out. You've you got to make a name for yourself because people are going to be really stingy with their money on anything that they buy from this point forward. Yeah, definitely. That, that kind of leads into the next question of what's maybe your favorite project that you've produced and, and worked on? You know, that's really a matter of, I think, time and place. Um, you said you're a sports nut and shooting Ken Griffey with Don Mattingly and shooting Spike Lee with Michael Jordan and Jackie Robinson and all these guys. It's just, I've had so many great experiences. And then there's also been experience experiences. Like I said, we shot a Toyota Phone Runner up on Mount Everest. And, you know, it was a fun project, but it took an entire three to four months of my life, like just getting there and getting back. So uh, I've been lucky. And I, I think that I think every project is an experience in itself. And there's not really a favorite one. I'm just happy when the projects turn out the way that I think they are. I'm a really hard critic of myself. So I'm always questioning if I made the correct decisions. And then finally, when you're in edit, and I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. No, I shouldn't have worried, but you know, I'm just trying to do due diligence to, to my job. Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest parts and, and things in this industry is you're so close to the work that by the time it goes live, you just hate it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about hate it. There's, there are certain times where you go through so many revisions that I can start to dislike a project strongly. And it's one of the reasons too, that I try to choose music that I can't, not hate because when you hear it for the 3000th time um you better still like it because then you're going to start singing it on air so that's another quality I, I really enjoy music and i really tried to bring uh something unexpected to each of those projects as well yeah i think music is really important to differentiate you know whatever the spots are and i also i read a few weeks ago you're never really done with an ad you just kind of run out of time which i think is is really true we could tinker forever but at some point you got to ship it and get it out there. So, you know, it's done, yeah, that, you have to hand it over. That comes from, I wanted to be a studio artist and my parents were like, okay, how are you going to make a living? So I think one of the things that taught me as a painter is you're never finished with a painter and you have to know when to walk away. Otherwise you're just going to continue to mix all the colors until it turns into brown. So it's one of those things that I really enjoy the process. I really enjoy the coming up with the idea and getting the execution to the point where, okay, I'm satisfied. I can walk away. Yeah. What will, uh, what will agencies be getting if they did reach out and, and hire you, whether full-time or freelance? 
Well, you'll be getting a years of experience, obviously, with the gray hair, but um, I also consider myself to be a very, not only capable, but I'm quick. Um, you know, from all the years that I've been freelancing, I'm so used to the, I need, you know, eight ideas by five o'clock. Okay, you know, you're briefing me at 10, I'll get you as many as I can. So I'm not gonna, again, give you the, the same old, same old. I'm gonna try and give you something that's unexpected. And I think you're gonna get a wealth of experience and just a wealth of enthusiasm for just, I will tackle that job and with all gusto. Yeah, I think that the speed over perfection is something I try explaining to, you know, juniors or people who just break into the industry of, yeah, there's a fine balance of, you know, being a perfectionist. I'm sure you know better than me as a, an art director, but the fine line of, you know, making the perfect comp versus just getting it in time and getting things approved. I've been to the, the school that here's sort of my terrible thought and I will have many terrible ideas, but if you react to something, I'll go back and finesse that. But I, I think there's a big problem with this, uh, this business now where we get these Photoshop experts and there are kids, look, I, I can do Photoshop, but I'm not, you know, the end all be all to Photoshop. And there are people that can blow my doors off. It just takes them time. And, you know, that's great. And we used to call that retouching. So I, I appreciate what people can do. And I think there's a time and a place for that. But if I am giving you ideas or you're giving me ideas as a creative director, I want a thousand ideas. I, I don't need a perfectly comped print ad of 17 different layers thrown together magnificently. What's the idea? It, content will always be the idea. And if the idea is visual, even, God forbid, do I mention the word marker comp, just, just like scribble something on a piece of paper and, you know, I'm a visual person, I'm in this business, you don't need to get to the client level of presentation. But I think that's another problem that we suffer in this business that we're so used to doing things almost 100% for clients that it's just kind of second nature. And I think it just kind of burns people out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's not worth wasting time on, on perfect comps for internal meetings. What's the idea? I'd rather you concept and think of more ideas, like you said, than yeah. perfect brief for the perfect, you know, illustration. I'd say maybe the last question for me, unless there's anything I, I haven't touched on that you want to say is if there is a dream client or agency that, you know, you want to give a little shout out to or would love to work on. Well, I'm spoiled. I mean, White and Kennedy by far is the best place and scariest place I've ever worked at. Like everybody from Susan Hoffman to Jim Riswell to um, Chuck McBride to Jamie Barrett, like you're only as good as the last thing you did. And these guys were titans. Stacey Wall, you know, Hank Perlman. And, you know, nobody could walk around like their job was safe. It's, it wasn't a place that was scary in that sense. It's just the expectations just continued to multiply because somebody would do something like, uh, you know, a spike in mic or somebody would do this latest edit that they did where everything's coordinated. So what's the next thing do you do? Like the pressure is so immense. And, you know, back then it was pretty much just Nike, ESPN and Coca-Cola and they've got clients from beers to cars to like, they, they try to apply that to things that in businesses that typically wouldn't accept or, you know, or would typically reject anything that had a thought to it. So kudos to them. And it's one of the only places I still see that people that I worked there years ago are still there and still, you know, happy to be there. So um, yeah, I'm spoiled. I peaked in my thirties. <laughs> no, we got to, we got to edit that out. Uh, no, actually I, I, I feel like more than ever, the 
the wealth of knowledge that I've gained over the years, I think I'm doing some of the best ideas I've ever done. It's just trying to get them done. It's getting harder and harder. Yeah, t- totally agree. Well, you know, thanks so much for hopping on and being willing, you know, to do something like this. I really appreciate this. I think it's a great idea. So um, I hope this continues and I hope this helps myself as well as other people in the coming months. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Hopefully that's the goal. What would you say the best way for people to get in touch with you? Is- um, my LinkedIn profile is Brett Ridgeway or my portfolio is brett-ridgeway.squarespate.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to look up. There is another Brett Ridgeway that apparently makes violins or fiddles somewhere in Missouri. So that's not me if you look him up. <laughs> but I think there's only two of us. Good to know. So we'll forget the, the violinist. Look for the craft <laughs> okay. beer maker instead. Great. Thank you. Yeah, that's a wrap for the 41st episode of Bouncing Back. If you want to know anyone, you know, who may be uh, want to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email or check out the availlist.com for, you know, a large list of people who are ready to get back to work. And now you can check out all these episodes on Spotify and Apple podcasts under bouncing back in advertising. Thanks a lot, ma'am. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah.